Welcome to the Myofascial Health Podcast, hosted by me, Unu. Follow along as I explore the depths of John Barnes' myofascial release approach on my road to mastery. Along the way, I'll be sharing the lessons I learned as I open my myofascial release practice in Austin, Texas, so that you don't have to make the same mistakes I do. Welcome back to the Myofascial Health Podcast. I am joined here by my good friend and soul friend, soul sister here, Carly Brand. She comes <laughs> out of Philadelphia, and I would just like to share a story about how we first met. I was at a point in my life where I had never traveled by myself. You know, I'd always traveled, whether it be with friends or family, and I had always had this fear around traveling by myself because I just didn't know what was out there and I was fearful of the unknown. But whenever I took this first solo trip, I went to Key West for a vacation series for Myofascial Release of which I connected with Bojena, shout out Bojena. And during this seminar series, all of the hotels and Airbnbs and places to stay were already booked out. So I didn't have a place to stay. I was able to connect with Bojena on, online uh, on in the Facebook group, MFR Insight. And she was like, I'm only gonna be there for that first class, which is MFR one. And she was like, you can stay with me for that first class um and so i split a room with her but beyond that first class i was on my own and so i was like yo i'm supposed to go here and i'm just going to wing it and see what the universe has for him and wow. what ended up happening is bojena i get the feeling like she's a big sister to me she was like looking out for me and so because she knew that i was staying for the whole vacation series she lent out a helping hand and was just asking people like, hey, my roommate is going to be here for the whole vacation series. I'm leaving after MFR1. Does anyone else have a free bed or a place to stay? Of which, what ended up happening the first night is we went out as a group and we ran into Carly Brand here. And Carly was gracious enough to <laughs> allow me to sleep on a uh, a second bed in her room and we kind of built our friendship through that so welcome to the podcast you know mm -hmm. thanks so much for taking the time carly brand what a pleasure yay yeah every time just being with you in your presence it's always it feels like sam you know right from the get-go we would say adventures of carly brand and unutran running you around the hotel running around the hotel <laughs> All is yeah. good vibes. Yeah. And so uh, we just came back from a a workshop that you put on actually, and it's called Magic Body. And you know, I thought it was a very well thought out and taught seminar or, or workshop. Here, can you tell us a little bit more about it and and how it came to be? Yes. Um, yeah. It's interesting, like what to call it. I feel like it was almost like a wizard camp. <laughs> the feeling of it and for me i have always been into since getting on this like healing path like my special release has been the number one influence in my in my life and on that path i also love other healing modalities as well and putting together events where those modalities can serve each other and kind of mix together 
And I've done experimenting with that and taught a little bit about my fascial in, in different communities here. But I felt this call to really um, focus and that, you know, this the message and the, the method of my fascial release, you know, wants to be more prevalent in the world at this time, you know, and that people are kind of like looking for these kinds of healing modalities more and more and to do it in a fun way where we could be in nature. And I happen to work with this center in the Poconos Mountains called Stonehenge Gardens. It's a really beautiful space where we do all different kinds of experimental programming. We put together a transformational wellness festival called Harmonic Earth um, that will be this September. So I decided to do it there. Yeah, I wanted to teach my fascial, but there was a degree of, to this that was like, this is something almost not new, but it would be something that kind of forms itself. And it was more about like calling all the people in. And um, when I was like feeling into it, I'm like, who should be here? I was like, I got to talk to Uno. <laughs> <laughs> Uno, you know, answers the bat call, like picks up the bat phone. He's like, yo, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, just shoot the flare, shoot the flare yeah, and I'll be there. the flare. And then he suggested too, and he was like, hey, what about genie and it was like genie like it just went through me because we had both done a training it's something called special skill enhancement where you work um directly we got to work directly with john barnes and a team of other um you know really trained uh you know people who have a lot of experience under their belt doing myofascial release at the malvern location um and this was in 2019 Yes, 2019. Yeah. And Jeannie was working there and we got an opportunity to work with her. And right away, I just so connected with her energy. I feel like you did too. She's just really exuberant and just passionate about teaching and all these things. So I reached out to her just to get a feel out to be like, you, can you like just put a blessing on this or is this cool to do this? And she was like, yeah, like do it. And I want to be a part of it and everything. So she was really crucial in the formation of this too and brought so much of her knowledge. And what really what we were feeling is to allow it to expand even more into some of the things that come up with my fascial as far as like speaking on energetics and subtle energy and how to connect in what does it feel like to be grounded what does it feel like to be in your center and uh like feeling into your heart space and using different modalities too to mix in with the myofascial release which is something i feel called to do with like using our voices using toning and how that can help to get into the body and release the fascia and the nervous system calm the nervous system so it was a little bit of everything we had my friend crystal say she's amazing she came and did a um I workshop on how to connect with plants. Um, Unu, you got to teach too. It was just like amazing, just all different kinds of things um, that came together into one special offering. And we were just feeling really inspired afterwards because everybody really dove in and just brought all their gifts and talents. And it's something that we want to continue to to share and work on and maybe do in different locations and and weave together with you know myofascial tribes and beyond. Got yeah, it was a very <laughs> good event. I'll say that. One, that was my first time really getting to have an opportunity to teach about myofascial release. And I felt in my element, you know, I think there will be a time when I teach at some level. I don't know when that will be. Um, maybe soon here, I'll get to assist at one of the seminars. Um, cool. But to catch everybody up on what this was is Carly had hosted an event called Magic Body that she mentioned in the Poconos at Stonehenge. And it was like a mini MFR camp. And so she called mm -hmm. it wizard camp because a lot of times 
in these spaces, there is just a lot of magic that can happen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so, you know, John teaches about two different channels, channel five and channel three. And channel five being your uh, left brain, more of your linear, logical, fear-based side. And then channel three being your intuitive, creative, loving side. And I'll say, I don't know that I've ever met someone where I'm like, Yo, maybe she needs a little bit of Channel 5 because <laughs> Carly is just like a free-flowing ball of energy. There's like not very clear direction. But I think what I learned from that is despite there not being any kind of structure or flow to it, it worked out. It worked out very beautifully. And so it just goes to show that I think a lot of times, especially in my head, and for those of us who are starting our own businesses, we will get into the trap of thinking, yo, this is how it's supposed to be done. This is the way it should be done. In yeah. which when you actually tap into your intuition, it will often guide you into places that you would not have logically thought out. And so I think something that is one of your gifts, Carly, is that you're a connector. You can just bring groups of people together and magic happens when that, <laughs> that takes place. I don't know what it is because I'll be honest, when I was there, I was like, yo, what time are we supposed to start? What's the what's the <laughs> schedule like? And like, there literally wasn't any, but you connected, whether it be Jeannie or Crystal or all these facilitators who gave their own expertise and guidance. And it turned out to what I consider a very successful event. So I just want to say congratulations for putting <laughs> that on. In addition to that, I think you we're able to kind of express another gift of yours, which is your voice. You know, I think everyone has a voice um, and some people are hesitant to share what it is that they are thinking or to speak their truth. And you were really able to facilitate that. I think when you're connected to this, I don't know what you would call it. I don't have this gift, but like when you're connected to this greater source, let's say, and the singing ability goes through you versus uh, just coming from your throat, let's say, that it really is more than what I can perceive in this material world. Can you go into, I think you'd called it toning, and I, I, yeah. I don't know what that is exactly. Can you share more yeah. about what that is? Yes. It's something that I really have blossomed into over the past few years. And my fascial release has helped to bring me there by opening up like my fascial system and my awareness. And I do believe it's something that every person is capable of doing in their own way because we're designed this way. We're almost like living instruments. I feel like our nervous system is a stringed instrument. And when we use our voice, we can um, help to like open up the different chakras. So it's not really so much about thinking about singing or making a pretty sound. It's more about getting yourself into that state, very much like with my fascial release, where you feel centered and open and allow yourself to get out of the way and just feel into your body what sounds what sounds want to be heard right now. And that will start to guide you into places. And sometimes it's a fake it till you make it situation. You just start making sounds until that brings you into a place when you start to feel like an enlarging sense of awareness and perception. And you just feel more of that flow state. It's like, it's hard to, how do you describe the flow state? like you're you feel very connected but that you're not in control and you're for me it's a very enlivening feeling i feel like every cell in my body is extremely like awake and alive in that state we're more we are more able to go into self-healing like with my fascial release what is that we're accessing these parts of ourselves where we know how to release our tissue 
and go into a self-healing mode. And I feel it's the same with toning can bring us into that state too. Like there's different or breath work or things like that. And toning is another thing that we have as humans to be able to, to get there and do that. But we just don't have a lot of practice with it or shown that it's more like, oh, here's how you sing a song, you know, or la 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 la, and here's a scale, but not really so much about just like, what's, you know, what are sounds that like my body wants to make? And it doesn't have to be pretty. It can be like grunting sounds. It can be, it can go all over the place. Okay, so toning is just like those visceral sounds that come from you, is that correct? Versus singing is like, you're supposed to hit these notes at this pitch at, you know, these keys that go along with these, whether it be voicing or, or chords or whatnot, is that the difference? Yeah, I feel like you're trying to create something and there's a, a component of that that is the linear mind, wherein when you're going to toning or some people call it light language or different things like that, it can be a sense of that you're connecting with something that's beyond you. Sometimes to me, it sound, feels very ancestral. All right. So about that <laughs> channel five and channel three, but uh, what were you saying about toning or the clairs and intuition? Can you speak on that? Obviously, I needed a moment to take a breath. I was getting real. Sure. <laughs> so we were talking about toning. And yeah, like what is, is it just that you're just singing into your body? But there is a piece of it that does feel like I'm connecting with otherness or sort of beyond the veil or the Akashic field. And like in that way, when we talk about in my fascial worlds or energy worlds that like we have these different capacities in us, these different um, intelligences that are intuitive senses, the, um, the clairs, clairaudient, clairvoyant, clairsentient, and claircognizant, I want to say. A lot of the times for me, things are in a come through in a clairsentient way where it's just a really felt sensation. And there's like this feeling that sometimes I'm there's something passing through me, like it could be like an ancestor or maybe the land right where I am that wants to sing something. And it's just more of like a felt sensation of that, but it's not something that I could say a hundred percent. This is exactly what's happening, but yes. people, people respond to it a lot. And what just came through on magic body, um, that was a big step up for me was, um, Jeannie recommended, she's like, you should sing into people's bodies. And I was like, Hmm, cause I've never done that before. And it felt like a yes, but it's also like, how, when would that come up? And how do you just be like, hello, I'm going to start to sing into your stomach. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but it did end up happening. She was like, I think you should, you know, sound into this person's hip. It's going to energetically kind of help with a, something going on in the hip there. And I did it. And it, it was the same kind of sensation where I felt that I was not in the driver's seat with it. It's just you have to like kind of move out of the way and let the sounds come through. And the, the feedback that I got from that too is that they felt a lot from it and felt much more grounded in their hips afterwards, which is cool. So I'm definitely going to be experimenting with that more. Excellent. And so you kind of went over a lot right there. And so let's unpack yeah. a little bit of that. So uh, okay. we're talking essentially about following our intuition. And what Carly was mentioning with Tony is like, there are just visceral sounds that come through her that she's not thinking about. That has to do with her following and being open to her intuition. Now, intuition is a big umbrella term that, uh, that Jeannie did a wonderful job of teaching about. And mm -hmm. within the umbrella of intuition, you have these different clairs, right? Those clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, claircognizant. And then there's- Claircognizant. 
Yeah, I yeah. just feel that that overlaps a little bit with sentient. It's like a knowing and feeling. Like sometimes I feel like they're very together. But yeah. Yeah, and uh, and then Jeannie had said that most people will have a a talent with two of them, one or two. So it, like for me personally, in my fast release, John will talk about seeing energy in which I have never been able to see it. And also I think I'm trying too hard because with these different Claire's, they're not of your same senses, right? So uh, with Claire audience, you don't hear through your ears. With clairsentience, you feel it, but it's not through the same like feeling of uh, what you would perceive with like your, 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 your body. Uh, and then clairvoyance, you don't see with your eyes. It's actually with your third eye, your pineal gland. And so everyone has a natural ability to kind of learn these things on their own. I think we're all born with natural gifts, but through society or school or culture or the environment that around, we unlearn a lot of these other things, but we can always reconnect and get back into it. Now, you had said something about, I think, light language and and the Akashic field. Can you explain about what those are? The Akashic field. Okay, well, I feel like that has to do, we'd have to talk about like what we are as human beings. And to me, you know, this is just through my lens and my experience. And a lot of this has done, come through doing the myofascial work. It's that we are ourselves like a multidimensional web, like that is that information is transmitting through like continuously. And we're all interconnected. We talk about like the web of life, but that like truly that is a literal thing that we're all inter interconnected through this giant web. And some of it is beyond our visual field and something that you can sometimes just sense or get when people talk about having a download or suddenly they know something, you know, where is it coming from? And to me that that is like this field of information that we're all, we all have the capability of becoming more aware of or tapping into in different ways. And so that to me is like the transmission uh, line, I guess, for things some, as something like light language, which could be, um, you know, I mean, this is crossing over into some stuff that is like, I guess, considered pretty woo woo, or it's like, is it, you know, galactic family? Is it like interstellar? Yeah, like light beings or something like that. Because I can't really speak to exactly what it is because I've never had a specific interaction that way. But there are some people that when they do light language that they're getting like very specific transmissions and things like that. To me, it's something light language is something that is inherent in us as human beings, too. And like once we start to like get kind of what you were saying, get through the conditioning that we've had put on us through like school and this and that and culture, like we've all been in this thick marinade for centuries. And it's just something that's almost like primal in us, like these sounds and the way and like moving our bodies, like light language to me, there's a lot of like sometimes hand movements with it too. Um, and that it's something that is connecting to my like something so ancient and primal like within me um, that feels like kind of timeless. Got it. And the reason I ask is because I've heard people speak in this light language and it just can't sounds like a little bit of gibberish. Uh, maybe you, you would think it's like they're speaking in tongues. And I'm not from this space or this environment where like we're talking about whether it be energy or the Akashic field. But as I've gotten deeper into myofascial release, I kind of sense that there's a universal consciousness that we're all a part of. And when we can step outside of just ourselves, like for example, for me, a lot of times I get lost in my day to day of 
running my own myofascial release practice that I think, man, I have to do all these things. I'm getting frustrated. But when I can take a step back and be like, yeah, what I'm doing, though, is in a, a small piece in a greater context. And if I am feeding a positivity or a growing into it, then I know that people beyond me will get value from the things that I'm doing. And so even though I might get frustrated for myself, when I can think of, man, if I can get through this, it's going to help Jeannie or it's going to help so-and-so or it's going to help you know, a, a, a therapist that starts years later, then that helps me kind of deal with the frustrations and recognize, yo, it's not, it's not really about me. I'm, I'm kind of just part of this greater thing that I don't always think about or see. Definitely. And uh, yeah, that makes me think about a few different things. Am I, are we allowed to curse one here? <laughs> Go ahead. Speak your truth. Well, Speak your truth. We were talking about this the other day. I was talking about what my facial release is. And when I got to the end of it, someone was like, it's almost like you're defoculating yourself. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, we're covering this layering of like all this stuff that's been on us so that we can connect with these, this innate intelligences that are inside of us and, and feel what that actually is to be interconnected with each other and to be interconnected with everything around us. And it's true that like when I heal myself or when I like figure something out or release something, it helps the entire collective. And I felt that in a room too, like when doing my fascial work, you know, as people are releasing, you can palpably feel in a room that it gets more expanded and lighter and connected. There's more space almost like a more of space for feeling um, like the heart space and feeling joy to me is that's the sensation that happens. Yeah. About what were we just talking about? about how like how we're all interacting. <laughs> Yeah, channel three, baby. There's no, there's no direction with this. It can be whatever we want. Okay. So I do want to speak on that because I think a lot of times we will convince ourselves that we have to do certain things and we move away from the joy that we feel. And a lot of times as we get older and grow into adulthood, and yes, there are going to be responsibilities and obligations that come with that. But I think a lot of times when we're on our healing path, we're really just reconnecting to that child version of ourselves who did just experience joy, not for a reason, but just to be happy, just to play, just to be creative, just to, I don't know, color or paint or do things that don't have any structure. And I think we move away from that because we get conditioned to think like, yo, this is what you have to do now that you're older. And now that we've been able to find myofascial release or these other avenues that help us reconnect with that little version of ourselves, that is where that healing happens. Personally, for me, I'm going through a chapter in my life where I'm trying to or I'm, go I'm addressing the childhood traumas that I grew up with. And what's funny about that is you know, I think if you'd asked me a year ago of like, yo, did you have any traumas? I'd be like, nah, not really. I mean, like I had a pretty good childhood. You know, it's not like I got raped or, or anything like that. But what I recognize is tr trauma is just when you have to disassociate from your body in any scenario. And so, you know, there were times when my parents used to fight and they would get very uh, explosive and I would have to turn in and that's the way that I coped. And I'm addressing that now because I didn't recognize this, but this affects my relationships, you know, or like when I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed out, something that I'll do is I'll just like close in on myself because I need that space because that's all I've ever known to do. And uh, when I'm with a partner, oftentimes she'll be like, yo, why are you being distant? And it's not because I'm doing it 
because I don't like her, but it's because I'm feeling overwhelmed. And so I'm going through that process and I recognize, hey, if I want to be a better partner, I can't just close off all the time. And so what are those feelings that I need to feel to release instead of just saying, this is so overwhelming, I just need to step away and then, you know, never deal with it. And I think a lot of times, even though we're adults and we're around a lot of adults, many times people are just stuck in this uh, adolescent mindset because that's the extent of where they were able to express who they were or deal with the, whether it be traumas or stresses or overwhelm at that point in their life. And something that John says is, you know, the inner journey isn't the most important journey. It is the only journey. And I have to remind myself that because a lot of times I want to achieve certain things, right? Like, oh, I want to be able to, for example, I'm building out this website course. And I have to remember that it's in the context of this greater connection, this universal expansion or this consciousness. And I need to remember that because I think sometimes I can get tunnel vision and I'll get like obsessed about the task that I'm focused on and I'll start to neglect the rest of my life. And I don't think that that's healthy, right? And so, you know, it's a gift and a curse. I've been able to achieve a lot of things because I had this drive, but I recognize that oftentimes it will take away from whether it be my social life or my physical health or mental health. And I just need to remember like, it's in the balance so that if I can make sure that I am fully healthy and heal myself, that I do affect those around me as well. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, I feel that, you know, the whole collective, including myself, has been going through a lot of healing and understanding all these different coping mechanisms and things that we've done in our lives that we've been taught and ways to just deal with life. And some of that can be yeah, disassociation um, and neglect. Like those are definitely themes that I both have experienced neglecting different areas of my life or hiding. And yeah, they kind of almost go together. And yeah, the more inner work you do, the more healing, the more that you're able to, to sense when those things start to, to come forward and can like move through them and have space to like let them to not be in a reactive state about it, but just to like be able to be mindful with it. Um, and that seems to be where the growth is for me in relationships too, to like, just like honor that. Cause we're like, we're all going through it in some degree. I feel like on a global level, everybody has some amount of trauma in their system. And that can be in subtle ways too, that I feel like we're unpacking a lot too right now, like just being exposed to media as you grow up or different things or ways of thought. And at the time you don't know that, you know, your, your being is kind of supposed to something that you don't have. Uh, the ability to say yes or no to and like those are little traumas that micro traumas that happen to us too so there's there's a lot there's a lot that's getting like unpacked in this time period right now it's like really cool that you're um have created the space to be able to like dive into things like this yeah i think it's all part of the human experience and um to be honest i think it allows me to love myself more to recognize you know the things that I was brought into that maybe I didn't necessarily choose. But through it, I think I'll become not only a better person, but a better partner. And I am confident that my next chapter in life will be a great one. Now, I think in addition to that, something that we learned at Magic Body was really connecting into your heart space. 
And I'll say that as a physical therapist where, you know, there's just a lot of schooling, there was a point in my life where if I would have heard any of these topics that we're talking about, I'd have been like, yo, this is, this is bogus. Like, I don't know that this is my cup of tea. And actually I was very resistant to adopting myofascial release when I first was exposed to it. But what I recognized is one, I'm just following my intuition because there's no else, no other way for me to be able to explain it other than like, yeah, I'm following a path that I can't see, but I know that it's the right one for me. And when you're able to connect in with your heart space, I think that is when these intuitive abilities of all the clairs that we talked about really have the opportunity to take place. And it's not anything that you think about, it's something that comes through you. And the reason why I mention that is because when I'm working with a patient, and especially, uh, for example, I, uh, I just did a study group here in Austin. They just started that up again. Shout out Donna and Sarah. Um, cool. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of newbies and I'm, it's so cool to see this kind of like growth of myofascial release. But oftentimes, and this is a question that I asked when I first started was, how do you know what's the next place you need to work on? Right. Like when you watch John work or you watch Ron or Don or any of the OGs or the higher ups in the myofascial release space, there's a flow to it. And wanting to know the next step is the channel five mentality. The channel three mentality is, you know, just open up your heart space and see what you're guided towards. But I'll say that if I would have told that to the starter, the MFR starter that I was, I wouldn't have liked that answer, right? Because in school we get taught like, yeah, you gotta follow these protocols and this is the order and the steps in which you do it. And this is more of a creative space. You know, I think you're a musician and it's like, there's not really a structure to it. You just kind of go with the feeling and the flow. And so can you speak to following your intuition and, uh, and like how, how that works in your life? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's funny to think about like, just open your heart like a dial. Go on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because and it happens by degrees to get there to for me anyway, like, when I'm thinking about myself, when I got when I followed my intuition that brought me to my fascial release, it was because of years where I had ignored my intuition. Um, and had spent a lot of time just kind of immersing myself in chaotic patterning and alcohol and all kinds of things. And then it just became clear. It was like, you have to do this or else like you have this time now to like go on this healing path. And it, as soon as you do start to tune into your intuition, it like things just seem to come together. Like the more time you give to that and the more you pay attention to your, to your body or to your, um, just going inward, the more it, the more clarity that you get back from that. But taking the leap into doing a myofascial seminar was actually a pretty big deal for me because I had a lot of fear around anything that was like woo woo that was spiritual. That was that. Cause that was my indoctrination. And it, you know, not to say anything, that's not negative to, uh, you know, to my parents or wherever, but like, that was just how I was raised with more atheistic thinking. And that just anything that seemed like a little bit like that, it was like a whiff of something like in the spiritual zone, like, to me, I was like, very like, shut down to that. 
So it took time. Like, I feel like my heart was more like this <laughs> before. And it took time for it to like understand how to like get into that understanding of what that is to be dropped into your heart space. But I felt so strongly when I saw the pamphlet for my fascial release, there was like steps that brought me there. But I um, had had a session with another myofascial therapist that we both know, Alice Kantrowitz. Shout out, Alice. Shout out, Alice, um, who's a wizard and also very, very tapped into his clairs and, you know, has his own story with, with all this work. But he, when I went to see him, he was like, this is on your path. Like, your next step is to do this. And you should, like, look into the seminars. And I like felt it like so deeply and strongly. And like, even that there was all those little voices coming at me and like in the channel five stuff of like, what is this? This is weird. You know, funny pictures in this booklet. And stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, Dude, the whimsical font that I first, I'm like, bro, font, what is this? Yeah, font is too whimsical. Like what is it? Um, and then just getting there, like just taking the steps, doing what I had to do to get there, even though I felt scared and kind of shaky and it was like a new thing. And then like arriving and then starting to hear what it was about and this such a deep sense of homecoming of just like, oh my gosh, yes. Like this is what, this is the missing key. This is what life is about. And like the language of it, everything just really spoke to my soul. Um, and even though I still had trouble, you know, when I initially was like learning it, it was, it was not something that like I understood, understood, like you have an understanding of it, but not like a total understanding of like what you're doing, you know, and it would just be that like, I'm doing the whole, but I don't know what's going on. I can't like, I'm not sensing into the person's body. I'm not feeling a flow. I'm just like holding their arm <laughs> and that. The more you do it, the more that it's able to almost like soak in or like get through all the conditioning and layering. And as you're like doing your own healing work and your tissue is opening, it's like almost it goes hand in hand. It's like the more your body opens, the more you have the capacity to have more awareness and the more that it like makes sense. I don't know. Like, I don't know if that does that make sense if I'm explaining it like that. <laughs> I think that's your experience. Mine is a little different, but I will say that it's not uh, it's not something that you can fully explain in words. And what comes to mind is, you know, a lot of times when you watch John treat on stage, his participant will have these kind of big, violent unwindings. And you're thinking, I know when I started, I was like, oh man, if if I'm able to do that, that would be awesome. And one, you recognize that you don't ever unwind anybody. You just provide the environment for them to unwind themselves. And then two, it doesn't have to be this big violent thing for it to be just as deep and meaningful. And I think the most important thing, and this is something that I've learned as a therapist is, it's less about what I feel as the therapist and it's more about what my client feels whether it be on the inside or through movement or through emotions or, or images and pictures. And so it just is their experience that I get to facilitate. Now, what's funny is whenever we went to Magic Body, I got to be roommates with Heather Watson. And uh, I was able to work with her. She, uh, I did a suboccipital release with her. And she gave me a, I would consider it a compliment that I had never heard before. And she said, I'm an interdimensional being, you know? And I was like, bro, what does that even mean? And I she was this- Barnes is always like laughing at you and not laughing at you. Like you just make him smile. <laughs> yeah, cause like, 
I, like to be honest, yeah, like I, I'm just following directions, right? But and and so that's why I'm like, bro, this is easy. All you gotta do is like be centered, sit with them, and wait with them, right? And and then like if their body moves, you just follow it. And then there's when I watch other people, especially when I went to the study group, I'm like, man, a lot of people are just trying really hard, or they like get in their heads about like, man, am I doing this right? I'm new to this. And to be honest, when I think back to when I was brand new, I think I was the best therapist I ever was because <laughs> I was so keen on learning it correctly. Because, you know, when you see someone unwind for the first time, or at least for me, I was like, bro, what is this? This is like mm -hmm. nothing like I've ever seen before. Yeah. And, and then John- Somebody losing it in church more. I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And and John was saying, like, anyone can do this. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And so, like, I was just so in tuned. Um, and so I know that I was doing it correctly. But now that I have more experience with it, I have more vocabulary in which to describe whether it be like, can you sense a connection between the two? Are you grounded? Are you centered? Are you uh, spacious all at the same time? You know, and so I can put more words to it, but at the same time, there's new things that get introduced to me where I'm like, bro, what does it even mean to be an interdimensional being? You know, I'm like, <laughs> as long as my patient or client gets better, then I'm happy. Uh, but I think because I work from my heart space where that is my true intention of just like helping the person who has trusted me enough to work with me, then that's all I can give. And oftentimes that's all you need to give. I think a lot of times what new therapists make the mistake of or struggle with is they think that they have to fix somebody or they're doing myofascial release to somebody. Whereas with where I'm at in my myofascial release journey, I'm just being with somebody. You know, if someone is struggling a lot, they don't want you to necessarily fix their problems, most of the time, they just want you to be able to sit in the mud with them, you know, just like, yo, you're, you're with me, right? Like, this sucks. I'm going through all these things. And it's not my, oh, well, have you tried this? Or maybe you should do this? Or have you spoken to this person? It's like, no, no, they just want to be listened to. They just want to know that you're there with them. And when you can embody this energetic space, then that's where these, these kind of magic scenarios come to be. And then unwinding is uh, oftentimes something that comes with that. Yes. It's like giving like the ultimate permission because it's not something that we were ever really exposed to or had a lot of practice with that. Oh, you are allowed to just roll around and cry and feel your grief. Like, go ahead. Like, and that's your tool and that's actually healthy. Like, go ahead and have a scream and go run down the block or whatever it is you need to do to like access and get that the feeling through in there and that, yeah, just to be there uh, to witness and be present with it. You got it. And I think a lot of times people are always like, you got to be happy. You got to be happy. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and it's like, sure. Happiness is an emotion that you feel, but the human experience is feeling all of the emotions, right? The good ones and the bad ones and recognizing that life happens in ebbs and flows. So if you are to expect happiness, all the time is unrealistic. Now, it shouldn't be the opposite all the time, but just recognize that life happens in ebbs and flows. And once you can understand that, then like, yeah, when you're feeling sad or depressed, just recognize, hey, that's a normal thing that everybody goes through, right? And so it will pass, 
But I, I say that because I feel like most of the time when people are feeling these, these kind of sadder, quote unquote, negative emotions, they're like, oh, you're depressed? Well, take these antidepressants or take these medications. Oh, you just need more dopamine or, or whatever. And it's like, now you're changing the chemical structure through a pill versus recognizing, yo, this is normal. And then oftentimes there are side effects that come along with that. Now, obviously I'm biased as a physical therapist. I believe firmly that, you know, we came into this world without needing any medications. And so to solve a problem, whether that be pain or feeling a negative emotion through a pill, I think is ass backwards. You know, I think we all have that thing inside of us, the inner wisdom to know what it is that we need but we can get stuck in our heads and convince ourselves otherwise because a doctor will have told us or our parents will have told us or these other people that maybe we look look up to in society will say but i think if you look inward you will know that you had the answers all along yeah that definitely is the theme of like kind of giving away our power to an authority and that's yeah. something i feel that we're we're taught a lot too in a, in a large way in this world that that's what we're supposed to do and always looking outwardly and like who is the expert and who's going to tell me this thing and who's going to fix me so yeah this is like a total redirection of that that like we have the capacity within us first to like begin to heal ourselves and you know we might need support from each other and different things and like there's wonderful you know other kinds of healing modalities and tools and like uh, this is not to like knock hospitals or anything like that but just that um once we start to realize how much potential there is within us to to do our own healing work and how much that that is intertwined with us really being able to feel the depth of our emotions and how much like our bodies can hold on to that stuff it, it's really is very beneficial and can like yeah be do wonders for people who are suffering a lot from trauma or PTSD or mental disturbances, like all kinds of things, because, you know, what's really required is that the body can just like process and feel these, feel these emotions and just have the space and time to do it and feel safe. You got it. Something that John says is the secret to healing is feeling. Thanks. And, and I'm at a point in my life where I truly believe that, but I know when I was first starting me, even saying that phrase, the secret to healing is feeling was unnatural like i know that there's a there's a version of myself that would just laugh at someone or at myself for saying something like that but that is the truth and it's because we're raised in this environment especially for me as a man in a asian in a stern asian household family it was like yo don't show your emotions you know like just do what you got to do but you know i think i had the opportunity to end these generational traumas by doing the inner work and healing myself. And then uh, there's components of that that I know will affect those around me into the future and into the past that I you know, wasn't able to really grasp or acknowledge at an earlier chapter in my life. Now, something that you had said was you kind of grew up in an atheist environment and then you kind of found this spirituality. Now, for those of us who maybe are at that point where they're like, you know, let's say they're a physical therapist or massage therapist. And they're like, okay, I went through this schooling. Uh, I know how to do these things. And this is what people want from me. How do you go about following your intuition or your path when the world is telling you differently? It's just, it's so individual to each person because that the voice that's telling you that things 
are not quite right just tends to get louder and louder and like for me i don't know if it's just like how i am as a person i am left-handed so maybe i'm just kind of more in my right right mind but like being in environments that are very um structured and type a like in maybe a hospital setting that is really much about rules and regulations that it it felt unsustainable to my system i would be like a nervous wreck in those environments and like being around you know, nurses who are chugging Rockstar energy drinks and, you know, all this, that's like an addiction to um, documentation with physical yeah. therapy um, and doctors that are barely looking at each other as they're communicating and thinking about 10 things at once. To me, it felt like insanity, to be honest. And that I felt that way was the odd man out way of thinking was even more confusing. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I just would have to be processing a lot all the time, like, you know, like, what is going on? Why do I feel this way? But that the more that, like, I spoke those feelings and then started to move with my intuition, the more um, that other people seem to be, like, open to different ways of thinking, uh, too, or, like, getting into those conversations. Um, and it, I think uh, the underlying, like all people want to feel good and people who are drawn to work in environments where they're, they're helping others or becoming doctors, nurses, physical therapists, they usually have this drive inside of them to want to help others. And it comes mm -hmm. from a really like lovely place. Um, but then the systems that we're placed in are very dysfunctional. They're abusive to be honest, to me. Um, and it and it trains us to be totally disassociated from our intuition and out of our bodies when we're in those environments. So, you know, if you're even just having those little whispers, I would just, you know, say to just explore and keep listening and keep listening to the smaller voice because the intuition can be very small, very subtle. It can just be like, hey, this doesn't really feel that good. <laughs> Yes. Um, or maybe just exploring a, a yoga class or something outside of the like strict narrative with like most like mainstream um, settings with like healthcare and just starting to network outside of work. It's like you don't have to necessarily just like 100% bring that in with you. Although there does seem to be some of that happening now. I know people who are nurses that will be practicing Reiki in the hospital or different things or people talking about myofascial release that's become more known, which, yeah, so that's promising. And yeah, just to make time, you know, for me, it's become a practice to, if, even if you just set five minutes, it's kind of like a myofascial thing too, like that five minutes a day when, you're, when you have time just with yourself. So when I wake up in the morning, I'll sit and I'll light a candle and I just tune in. I tune in to like what's going on inside and tune in to like, you know, my heart center area and just like to, you know, a flow, a flow of energy and just feeling into like what, what my body's asking for and like kind of setting myself for the day. And that helps to start to tune, tune me. And it's like an attunement process. And the more you give, time and space for your intuition to develop like that, the easier it is to be able to hear it and listen. So just having time to just be and quiet yourself is a great way to just like start to listen to your intuition. Beautiful. I don't think I could have said that better <laughs> myself, but I want to add to that. You know, yes, I please. think there's an analogy here where, mm -hmm. you know, if a flower is dying, you don't criticize the flower, 
you change the environment, right? You might change the mm -hmm. soil, you might water it more, you might put it more sunlight, you change the environment in which it's in. And that goes the same with humans, you know? I actually also remember hearing uh, another thing of uh, a tidbit of knowledge where it's like, if you have a dog that is hurt or is, you know, has been an abusive, whether it be owner or, or whatever, the quickest way to rehab a dog is to put it with a healthy pack. And this works the same for horses. If there's a horse that is acting out, it's got different traumas from its owners, then the quickest way to rehab that is put it with a herd of, of healthy horses. And it will show what it'll show that horse what it's supposed to do. And the same thing applies to humans. You know, it's like when we are dealing with these traumas, the quickest way is to change your environment, be around your tribe. And that's very tough to do because you've only ever known this kind of dysfunctional environment. You know, I think as a physical therapist, and I know you're a PTA, when you worked in these hospital settings, it's all about productivity. And even though you feel terrible on the inside, when you look around, you're like, but everybody is doing this, right? And so you think like, okay, well, this is all, this is the only choice that I have. And I'll say that if you are feeling this way, you know, if you are having these doubts, if you're like, bro, I'm like overworked, underpaid, I'm getting burnt out, but everyone who's ahead of me or like my supervisors are saying, yeah, this is, this is life of a PT or anyone who's, you know, in different settings that are saying those same things, change your environment right? Change your environment so that you can be amongst a healthy pack. And that is your tribe. And once you find your tribe, then they will speak into you those messages that you already know are true. But there's validation from hearing other people say that, you know, I came across this, this quote that says, diversity is having a seat at the table. Inclusion is having a voice and belonging is having that voice be heard. And that's where you want to be. You know, if you are feeling bad uh, because of whatever reason, I'm being overworked, or I'm getting stressed out, or, you know, so-and-so is treating me like crap. And you try to voice that, like, I don't think this is the right way to be treated in this environment. And you get shunned for it. Recognize that that's a toxic environment. And the longer you convince yourself that you have to stay there, for example, yeah, but I have to, I have to make money. You know, I have to do this, or I'm about to get this promotion, or I'm going to do this. And the longer you stay in that toxic environment, your soul dies a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I'll say that once you can actually listen to that whisper, because intuition is soft, insecurity and fear is loud, right? Like when you watch the news, it's loud, but that little voice is always there. Everybody has it. And if you can learn to practice listening to that voice, you can recognize that there is a path that you're on that is that you're meant to be on. And when you actually take that step and say, okay, I'm going to do this thing that doesn't make any sense, but I just feel like I'm pulled in this direction, I can almost guarantee that that will be the thing that was meant for you and you'll feel more whole on the inside. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yes. Yay. Yes. Just keep following that voice because I feel that, you know, we're moving through this huge transitional time for humanity right now. And like, kind of like what you were saying with like, you know, going through and healing things that were maybe in your family lineage or unpacking stuff that came down through your parents, you know, we're like these chain breakers or like ones that are like here to be able to start to turn things a, a different way and like come back to this 
more um, natural way of being with each other and being able to to build out and strengthen these connections and create these spaces where we can speak these wisdom things into each other and like have this sense of tribe and you know the more that that we do that the ones that like are gaining this awareness and then you know putting our our attention and our focus and our energy there then we're like building more and more like somebody was saying it's like highways a highway so there's like a there's like an eight lane highway and that's like you know where most people are like driving along and going to work and all the things and there might just be one little other road that's started right now that was some people that are like going a different way but like the more you know the more you stay there you don't you don't go back into the the traffic zone you just stay there and keep doing that and then eventually more people are like oh what's going on like over there in that road and then we'll start to like come over and and make definitely not like another highway but I mean, it's a dirt road yeah it's just a, a, dirt, a different a, path it's a dirt road to an eco village with a healing center <laughs> no and that's all we need that's all we need all right carly and how do how do people go about finding you uh well you can find me um my, my name is carly brand i'm on facebook i'm on instagram as barky Crand. And also we'll help out with doing some posting and events through Stonehenge Gardens. So you can check out that Instagram and website. Our website's getting redone right now. I'm also at South Philly Community Acupuncture in South Philly for appointments or out of my house here in New Jersey. Um, stay tuned for more from Magic Body. And now Magic Body has its own Instagram handle. You can also come on over to our Transformational Wellness Festival if you're anywhere near the Poconos. It's coming up and it'll have a little bit of everything. My fascial, ecstatic dance, breath work, ice baths, um, walks in the woods, just all the, all the good stuff, like all wrapped up into one and family friendly. So yeah, I think that's some, some of the ways you can find me. I'm really... Rolling around out here all over. <laughs> well, Carly, I want to say thank me. you so much for hopping <laughs> on this podcast. You know, it's always great to reconnect and recognize the positive energy that you exuberate. And I think if there's anybody who lives through this, it's you. So it's channel three <laughs> is the way to be. So thanks again for hopping on. <laughs> And I'm um, thank you so much for having me on here. It's always a pleasure. And I've said since the first time that I met you that you're like destined to be like talking to people because you're just so good at asking questions and just like the way that you're able to see things and put stuff together and the way that you speak is just like I'm amazing and I'm so glad that you're doing this. So yay. Yeah, yeah. To, English is my second back. language. So you know, I'll, I'll <laughs> feel good about that. All right, I'll see you later. I'll see you later and goodbye. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Myofascial Health. I help myofascial release therapists create beautiful websites for their MFR practices, even if they aren't tech savvy. If you're just starting your MFR practice or you're an experienced MFR practice owner, learn more about how I can help at www.myofascial.health website.